What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. Uh, we got a little bit of a different episode for you today. Uh, today, I'm playing host, Ray Volo. Um, Sauce, he's day-to-day with a fucking turf toe. He'll be back next episode, hopefully, but have no, fe- <laughs> have no fear because Dino is here, returning from his one-week hiatus. And with him, he brought some help. Uh, a fresh, a new face. I think he's been on here once or twice before, but uh, we got Nick Perillo too. Fellas, how we doing? Feeling great. If you can't tell, if you can't see, I'm currently wearing my New York Guardians hat uh, now that the XFL is back. I know they've been back for a week or two, but I have not been on the pod since. Your boy is hyped for any opportunity to watch more football. They are killing it over there with their craziness. And fuck, does it hurt not having a team in New York anymore, Ray? Uh, Off the cuff right now, fan of three-point play or are you not? huge fan of the three-point play anything that makes them wildly different and wildly crazy i'm always down for they're going to be changing a ton of stuff and you know they'll be fine-tuning a lot but i forgot the battle hawks right were the one where the team that went um touchdown three-point conversion and then they down well what's the onside kick it's like the fourth and 15 oh yes and then the fourth and 15 conversion instead of an onside kick and brought it down for the touchdown to win after it was, I think, I think it was like 14 nothing, And then they did that to end the game. That That's what will make the XFL relevant and really stand out opposed to, you know, there's been a ton of tries to have a, a league that not rival the NFL, but just take one percent. Supplement it, supplement it a little yeah, bit. Or supplement it, exactly. So uh, I think this one is really going to pull through. I mean, we said that it would in 2020, but sadly, COVID had other plans. But we're back. Yeah, and I feel like back with the Rock. I, I was mean, say, I was gonna say, I feel like the Rock involved is big. Um, bring, I'm bring, bring the Rock. I'm a fan of some of these rule changes in particular. That fourth and fifteen instead of the onside kick. I think it's a really cool addition. Uh, Nikki, how you feeling well, with your uh, return to the fucking pod, bro? How you how you doing? feel good i feel like you know i'm coming to help the little people out you know we did you know i'm like you know an a plus superstar podcaster now like coming to the minors for maybe like a rehab stint and coming to help the boys fans are coming out to see me you know gives you guys <laughs> yeah. some play nick yeah, finally we- came down from his ivory tower thanks nick yeah we really need to get middle america involved in our pod you saw the map <laughs> it's not it's yeah. not we, we're not we're not touching that region well but no, we're hey. destroying the coast, but Middle America is not is not taken warmly to us. That's why we brought Nick on the pod. Yeah, I mean, we, farmers, well, we, well, he the was, farmers have a voice, and I'm here to bring it to them. Yeah, well, Nick, <laughs> Nicky was banned originally after he up and quit. Didn't even give two weeks' notice on his director of social media uh, job. But we lifted the ban for today's episode because Sauce is out, as I said. But today we're going over the Broncos. I know Sauce and I touched on them a little bit last step when we were going over the teams with no first, but I feel like this team is in such a unique position and we kind of deserves an episode in, uh, in its own right. So the Broncos, last year, I mean, I don't think there's any other way to describe it other than an abortion. That's just third trimester, straight up disgusting. Uh, so uh, choice for the no, it was... <laughs> oh, no, no, for a life, for a life, for a life, for a life. So we yeah, got Nathaniel Hackett. Pan didn't even make it through the year. He's gone. Uh, so this is going to be God, George dude. Patton's third season. He went seven and ten in his first season as GM, and then that obviously that five and twelve disaster with Nathaniel Hackett. He er, already got showed the uh, the door. 
And I think when you talk about the Broncos, you have to start with the two big trades that they've made. Russell Wilson uh, before the last season. So they got Russell Wilson and a fourth in the 2022 draft for an absolute fucking haul. Let's just be real. It was a 2022 first, a 2022 second, a 2022 fifth. Their first round pick in this upcoming draft and their second round pick in this upcoming draft. Not to mention Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Noah Fant. So they came up a lot. And it didn't work out immediately at all. So what did they do? They uh, effectively doubled down. And they went and traded for sh- the rights to Sean Payton, hoping if he, that he can uh, revitalize Russ's career. And for that, they gave up the 29th pick in this draft and a second in next year's draft in return for the rights to Sean Payton and then a 2024 third. So a lot of assets have been moved around for this, for this team. It's a kind of a win-now position, uh, fellas. Let's start with just overall strengths, weaknesses, and building blocks with this team. What do we think are some strengths for the, that they got going for them? Before before we do that, it is incredibly important that I discuss kind of not even discuss, but like validate what you just said that this is a win now team. You know, Russ Russ is not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, you know, if he's going to make a comeback and be obviously, you know, even 30% of what he used to be because last year was like 5%. You know, he's going to be great for for a while. He he has a lot of playable years. But after this year and next year, I just want to verify, the numbers on the cap are actually astonishing, and they're going to be crippling to this team. And that's why this is win now. Uh, They really front-loaded this contract to be able to have a really – uh, just an awesome chance at winning if Russ obviously came and was Russ that we know him to be from Seattle. You know, in 2025, it's going to be 55 mil on the cap, 58 mil in two, 2026, 53 mil in 2027, and then 54 mil in 2028. Those numbers are just going to be absolutely, like I just said, crippling. Yeah, it really puts the team in a bind. You have to draft insanely well, and you got to get the most out of Russell Wilson. You can't be paying. Uh, a subpar quarterback, those numbers. So you got to hope that they their investment in Sean Payton can help them figure it out. And also just to mention, I didn't mention it off the top, but that staff's been finalized. They brought in Joe Lombardi from the Chargers, who just got actually let go from that position uh, after the season. Uh, and then former head coach Vance Joseph is going to be the DC for this team, which is kind of unique. I, mean, I feel like you don't really see that too often. I mean, they killed it there. Yeah, you have yeah, to think they killed no, it there. No, uh, Rex Ryan would have been better, but. Hey, I'm a homer. I'm a big Vance guy, but I will say that, you know, and that brings us to our number one question. And it's the only thing that matters. Can Peyton and Lombardi, who are now reunited, used to work together for many years in New Orleans. Yeah, Lombardi was the QB coach there. Yeah. Can they bring back the danger and danger us? Christ. Okay. If we're going to uh, talk about uh, Danger Russ, that was a good transition, Dean. To say. Um, I think a big thing just right off the bat here is having Sean Payton in that room because that team, if you saw at the end of last year, was a disaster all over the place. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, it's not a stretch to say he might be the worst head of coaching hire, like top five at least in NFL history. Like what an awful like season with such high expectations. And for a team that I think, besides the Rams, who had a historically bad year for a Super Bowl winning team, I think that the Broncos were easily the second, um, you know, most disappointing team. They went five and twelve, one and five in uh, divisional games in the AFC West. And I just think that the Broncos are a weird organization because 
for as long as at least I think we've been watching, they always try to like go after it and get it. They never do like hard rebuilds really. Uh, if you, I mean, they went out and got Peyton Manning when he was available. They won a Super Bowl out of that. They kind of like, we, like Tim Tebow won that playoff game. They knew we don't really want Tim Tebow. We're going to have to like move on. We want to win. We don't want to try to rebuild. Drew Locke was a half experiment. So I think it's ballsy. Huh? Paxton Lynch. Yeah, pa- I forget about him. Chad Kelly was there. Brock yeah, Osweiler. They, they, never, they never committed to any of these guys. And I think that as a fan, you kind of have to like that because you're always kind of in the hunt. But from an outside perspective looking in, it's really risky because you're in a win-now mode playing against the best quarterback in the NFL in a division that you're probably going to be like the third favorite team, maybe even the worst um, in that position. So it's just, it's a hard thing to build off, but that's why I think Sean Payton was such a big uh, get because I think he's going to have to change Russ's mindset. I think Russ came into Denver thinking I'm going to be the man. I don't need Pete Carroll. I don't need the front office because that was the big uh, disparity on why he left because he was kind of done like it's either Pete Carroll or me, and they went with Pete Carroll. So I think it's going to be a humbling year for Russ, and he's not going to have his uh, personal office anymore and personal coaches. So Sean Payton really, I think, is going to try to, like, rewire Russ's thinking to be like, hey, pretend you're coming out of college again. Just listen to me. I'm an all-time, you know, coach. Yeah, I think last year, uh, describing them, I think the perfect way to describe them, they had no leadership. Nathaniel Hacker was clearly in over his head. Uh, I think the fact that he didn't really have offensive play calling duties in Green Bay showed he just having to manage all of that, the whole team and taking on that uh, that role really was too much for him. And Russell Wilson, I mean, all this stuff's coming out now about how he's kind of a cancer in the locker room. Teammates don't really like him. I, I, he's not the leader that everyone thought he was. And it kind of turns out that Pete Carroll was the glue that like that, yeah, that you team need together. to be a leader when you have Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's the fucking man. I mean, Pete Carroll taking is off his shirt, taking off his shirt with DK Metcalf. That guy's just the man. Guys just want to play for him. You don't need your quarterback does not need to be a leader when he's there. So I, these are yeah. all great points. Um, I guess those are the first two, I would say building blocks of this team. Uh, I, I think two other guys that we have to mention, uh, just with this team in general, is just those two guys on the back end of that defense, which was the biggest strength for this team as a in a whole. Uh, yeah, a true number one cornerback in Patrick Sertan, uh, the second, and then Justin Simmons is a true top five safety. Um, Patrick Sertan, he's got two years left on his rookie deer, deal, not even including that fifth year option, so he's going to be there for a long time. And I think it's so easy to build, not so easy, but it takes a real load off of a GM when you have a cornerback one who can just you put them out on the number one receiver every game in game out, and you just have to go fi- figure it out around him. I think it makes takes a lot of pressure off the defense as a whole, and just even team building sense. Uh, what other, you guys have any other uh, like strengths or just group, position groups that you think are, this team is set with? No, for sure. I, I guess I'll um I guess I'll add a little bit onto that. I. I, did you say Judy? I apologize. I had to fix some. some I did not audio. talk about their skill position so, players. Yeah. So I mean, you still got. You said Pat. You have to point that out. Uh, Simmons as well. You, but you also got Judy at wide receiver. You got Javante Williams, who has shown that he could be electric and can be a very, very, very reliable. And I'm very excited actually to see how Lombardi uses him considering how we've seen Lombardi use Austin Eckler. And Javante Williams has a ton of talent. I'm not going to say he's going to be as electric receiving the football, but he's going to give you more of that stable, uh, you know, he's going to be versatile and he's going to be a little bit better on the ground, I would assume. Uh, Greg Dulcich I like a little bit 
a little bit out there. But I also love the two guards they have. One is uh, up for to be re-signed uh, to be a free agent this you know, this offseason, which we will touch on. But I also like Quinn uh, Miners, who's, who, who was awesome for them last year. They actually had a ton of continuity and a ton of consistency in the middle of that offensive line. That right tackle position was an abs was horrific. That's ended up – that's why they ended up being 30th in sack percentage. And also, Russell Wilson cannot go through progression to save his life. But we'll get into that a little bit later. And uh, th- that would be the conclusion on building blocks, in my opinion. I don't, they don't got much else. Yeah, I mean, you touched on a little bit of those skill position guys, but also I think you didn't mention Cortland Sutton, and uh, who I think is an up and comer. I know he they've been a little bit disappointed as a whole group, but also Tim Patrick, who missed the whole season last year, they paid him too, so they invested really heavily in this group. You have Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, who they've actually paid. Tim Patrick's a dog. Jerry Judy, who's a first round pick, I think his fifth year option is coming up. Uh, Dulcich was what a second round pick, I want to say. Um, third. He's a third round pick, so day two pick. And then you got um Javante Williams, who's a second round pick as well, I'm pretty sure, too. So they've invested heavily in the uh skill positions around Russell Wilson. Uh, you mentioned the interior of that offensive line of as being guys you like, but they this team did allow the most sacks in the league in sixty three. Yeah. So I think that's an area that they're gonna need to uh approve on if you want to get the best out of Russ. Yeah, I'm 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 sorry to kind of backtrack because we already did kind of discuss and really put down a lot of what Nathaniel Hackett did in his time in his short time at Denver. But I, to be fair, especially the first half of the season, I watched, we, you know, we watched every game. We talked about a lot, even on this podcast that, Oh my God, watching Russ just not consistently ever see the second or third read when they were wide open for the first half of the season. We, we were talking about it the whole you know, first eight, nine, ten weeks that Nathaniel Hackett was not the problem. Now, his offense did crumble, and I- I'm going to attest that to a lack of leadership, and it was just completely morale was just destroyed by the time we were, like, halfway through the season. But that offense was not bad by any stretch. Russ was just incapable of reading those offenses if if it had, you know, a shred of intellect involved. Um not to say he's not a very smart guy, but Pete Carroll dumbed it down for him down in Seattle. And Lombardi, I think, is going to do a really good job doing that for him as well. I just kind of wanted to put that out there that Lombardi's Lombardi's offenses have historically had great sack percentage numbers. Uh, last year, for example, they were fifth in sack percentage. I mean, Target and Herbie down, but he very makes it he makes it a lot easier to get those quick reads and really dumb down the offense. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point on the Russell Wilson going through the reads. I remember that – I can't remember who it was, but it was the end of the game, and K.J. Hamler, I'm pretty sure, was wide open and threw an absolute hissy fit when he didn't get the ball and they lost. I think that was early on in the season, too, and that was kind of just a uh, – It might have been that Colts game. That was a telling moment to see for how that season was going to go. But, Nikki, it looks like you want to say something. What Strengths, weaknesses, building blocks, give me something. Um, You guys hit on a lot of the key points there. Uh, building block-wise, I mean, it's pretty obvious to point out that the secondary – uh, just having those two cornerstones, that, like we were talking about, I think it helps also where when you have such a good cornerback, you don't have to worry as much about how the other guys are playing. You don't have to compensate. And, you know, two good cornerbacks equals one amazing cornerback, basically. So they can kind of get away, I think, in the secondary with, uh, you know, not having to invest as much there. But um, with the strengths and weaknesses, you guys, like, mentioned the wide receiver room. I think that has kind of been the most polarizing problem with this team 
we go back a couple of years to the draft where they took in 2020 Judy and Hamler back to back. Judy, I think, has been a major disappointment just from like even us. I remember all watching him and those yeah. Alabama teams. Shout out Alabama first half bets in 2020. Um, but he really was a disappointment. <laughs> he hasn't really turned into like an elite, elite talent. I think he's, you know, he still kind of has some drop problems. I just don't really think he made the steps to where he should be at this point. And KJ Hamler's had a lot of, you know, uh, injury history, the Tim Patrick with the torn ACL. So uh, the receivers, I think not to like, you know, give Russ a little bit of like, you know, uh, like slack or not, break, but yeah. they're like, they're not as good as I think they should be. But going back to, you know, why Russ is having problems, I think that that run game and losing Javante Williams is a major, major telling point of why they weren't able to create more. Look at those Seattle teams they had. It was a perfect offense for him. You had Marshawn Lynch when he was arguably the best running back in the NFL. You had Chris Carson, who was a tough runner. Give him the ball 20 times a game. He's going to get you 100 yards on tough yardage. They didn't have that last year. You had Latavius Murray, Mike Boone, a little bit of a revolving door. So I think that uh, Lombardi being able to get that offense, maybe get Javante back, uh, probably I would say the first quarter of the season, that's going to be big for them. They got to really focus on, you know, tightening up uh, the guard play when it comes to the run game, I think. Yeah, I think I think Javante getting him back will do uh, wonders for this offense, not to mention, obviously, the two additions to the coaching staff. Uh, before we move on, just to touch on the this last two drafts under um, under the GM George Patton, uh, we're gonna go this past year, twenty twenty two. They went Nick Benito in the second. Obviously, didn't have a first because of the Russell Wilson trade. He's the edge from Oklahoma. Didn't really play too much. Third, they went Greg Dulcich. We talked. We touched on him already. In the fourth, Damari Mathis, the cornerback from Pittsburgh, he played really well for them. Actually, uh, he's he a bright. He's a bright spot. I see him kind of supplanting in that CB two, maybe like a CB three role. I think he played a lot outside. Uh, but besides that, they didn't really get much production out of any of the other rookies. You got Iamuma Azarike. I don't even think I said that right. I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say. But he uh, he was an uh, edge from Iowa State. Then they got. Delarian Turner Yell, safety from Oklahoma in the fifth. Montreal Washington in the fifth, a wide receiver from Sanford. He didn't really play much. Um, Luke Wattenberg, off the line from Washington, barely played. Matt Henningsen, defensive end from Wisconsin, had a sack, but didn't really play, get that much of a role. And then Fayon Hicks, a cornerback from Wisconsin who didn't play, he only played in two games. But in 2021, in Patton's first draft, that's really where he did it, made his money. Uh, yeah, Patrick Turner in the second, in the first, Javante Williams in the second, Quinn Miners in the third, all three of those guys we touched on, big yeah. building blocks. Uh, also in the third, Baron Browning. They converted him from off-ball linebacker to edge, and he's kind of flashed in the, uh, in this scheme, so see if he can grow on that. Uh, Caden Stearns, a safety from Texas. He went in the fifth. He's another guy who maybe can uh, take over a starting role. And then you got some other lower-level guys. Uh, Jamar Johnson, safety from Indiana. Seth Williams, wide receiver from Auburn. Carrie Vincent, cornerback from LSU. Jonathan Cooper, another edge from Ohio State. He's played pretty well. And then uh, Marquise Spencer. So a lot of picks here. Not the, that many like high, um, like high value picks, like early day ones, obviously. But they they've got a lot of darts. So they got a lot of darts thrown at the board. So hopefully some of these guys turn out. Yeah. So a lot of them, most of them are still, you know, they're still there. A lot of second and third stringers, and that they could for sure develop. 
Uh, let's move on to like the, I guess some of the offseason stuff. So we got some uh, potential cuts and internal free agents. So right now, as it stands, they're at about twelve million in cap space. You guys see anyone any any glaring guys who you think are going to be uh, showing the door in these coming weeks? There's there's going to be two right off the bat that are are pretty much locked up in my opinion to be cut. Uh, first and foremost is probably going to be Chase Edmonds. His time as a Bronco was was fairly disappoint disappointing, especially with the uh, with the injury to Javante Williams. You would have expected him to come in and be a little bit more of a factor. He was not lacked a ton of production, and I'm pretty sure we even saw him be supplanted a few times by by Mike Boone. Then you also have a uh, second, I believe second stringer. He's, he's been a rotational depth piece for them and he's being paid as a starter. Uh, so it's going to be an obvious easy cut. And that's going to be Graham Glasgow who they're going to save 11 million on. And I don't know if I said, but they would save 6 million on chase. One other one I would like to add. And it's because I agree with Nick. I mean, you, I could see a ton of wide receivers, not a ton, but I see a, a healthy amount of wide receivers in free agency that I would like to replace this guy with and that I think this team should probably go and get after considering KJ Hamler makes over two mil a year. And you could definitely get some of these guys for that, which we'll talk to when we talk about free agent targets. But I think I think KJ Hamler, 1.6 mil, you just got to, have to chalk it up as a, as a disappointing pick. Too many yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one. I know he hasn't really uh, performed as expected, but I feel like that's a low, super low number. I, if I'm if I'm the uh, Broncos, I'm kind of holding on to him, see what we can get in the new scheme. Uh, Nick, anyone else that you want to mention that could possibly be out the door? Um, no, I think Dean hit on the the major guys that are probably going to be gone, or you know, you cut at least and get a lot of money for Glasgow. I think being the obvious one, they just I mean, you'd like to keep him, but when you put your team in that kind of position with the way, how much money they have, I think they only have like about nine to $10 million uh, being able to like spend. And they do have to fill in some positions there. So I think that by getting rid of him, you can kind of fill a void at, uh, you know, the guard position, maybe not even just get one guys, but maybe draft another guy also. Cause we've seen the versatility of like college offensive linemen. Now I think in the past couple of years where mm-hmm. even if you're not a guard in college, you can kind of move around the line and those are good guys to target in the later, uh, days of the draft but I think that those are kind of the obvious cuts I said he only played five games last year I think Ronald Darby like I don't think they're gonna cut him but I think he could be a potential candidate yeah he was the number one guy on my list I think he's gone um you mentioned he's only played 16 games I think you saved like eight mil on him he's only played 16 games the two seasons he's been in Denver he has no picks and you can clear nine million with only three dead uh with the emergence of the rookie cornerback that we were just talking about, whose name escapes me. Mathis. Uh, yes. Thank you. Demario Mathis. Uh, I think it just makes a little sense. Just, just get rid of him. He hasn't been healthy. He hasn't had even produced mm-hmm. when he's been on the field. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And I just want to point out, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of wiggle room. I think in terms of converting uh salary to um bonuses that, that can, uh they can generate some space. I think Cortland Sutton, Justin Simmons, Garrett Bowles, all guys who are locked up for at least two, two, maybe three more seasons. I think you can probably clear about twenty million this year if you convert some of their salary to uh, bonuses. So that, if all that said and done, you can make an additional thirty to forty million dollars in space where you can get them breathing. 
Touching like 45, 55 mil. It's a lot. I, th- I think that that is what you need to fill some of these holes that we were mentioning. Yeah. Uh, sure. So on to some of these contracts who have expired. Uh, the name, some of the names I have written down, I'm pretty sure we're all going to be in the same page here. I think Draymond Jones is the number one guy. I think yeah. he's uh, he's been banged up a couple of years, but he's got six and a half sacks this last year in only 13 games, 18 and a half sacks the last three years, and he's missed some time in two of those seasons, I believe. He's a really good uh, five-tech defensive end who can brush the passer from the inside. I think he's someone that you really want to bring back just because they're kind of uh, shallow at that position. Linebacker Alex Singleton, absolute tackling machine since coming over from the Eagles. He had 163 tackles this past season. It's another position I see uh, mocked to Denver quite frequently, so I don't know if you want to try to bring him back. I know he's really liked in that locker room. They all rave about him. Uh, those are the two, guys, the two top guys on my list. Do you guys have anyone else? Ray, I totally have to agree. Draymond Jones is also my number one re-sign candidate. He played really well as that as that D-end in that 3-4, and he set career highs in tackle for loss and sacks. And this is a D-line that lacks talent and depth. I know they had a lot of sacks, but I, I really don't see how that would continue. That They still need to bolster this D-line and this whole unit. Uh, then number two for me is going to definitely be guard Dalton Reisner. He was extremely reliable and definitely a guy you want in the trenches from run blocking to pass blocking to even discipline against penalties. He was, he was very, very reliable and probably only need to give him like seven, eight mil. Same with Draymond. What do you think, by the way, right? Like seven mil for Draymond a year? I, I mean, I don't know. He's it's, I know he played he, well, but like he's young too. I can see I can see it get up towards like ten. He's rushed the passer too. I can see him being ten per, maybe depending on how the market goes. I think he's definitely gonna hit the uh market's gonna get bit up, but it's not gonna be too crazy. That's possible. All right. Cool. Good good point on Dalton Rise, and I forgot about him. So good call. Yo, thanks, Ray. You're smart and, and wise. <laughs> yeah, Dean, that Draymond Jones point was really good. Thanks, Nick. I do like that. Um Okay, but, so on on to wait, I got one guy who well, not a guy, but a, a room that kind of at least I think you gotta re-sign one of them. Like uh, am I wrong here in saying like the running back room? I know that all the running backs are like free agents besides Javante Williams. Do you think there's any chance they just try to get Mike Boone back or like Latavius Murray for a little bit of money? I wouldn't hate Mike Boone. I think, I think, I mean, they, I think running back to the position, they definitely have to address. They're going to draft a guy. I'm going to talk about it in the, uh, obviously in this next segment, actually. But I think you mentioned Lat Murray. I mean, there's connections with Sean Payton there. So I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think that someone they have to get done before free agency. I can see that being something later in the offseason. out kind of thing. Like who's left and like, all right, you want to come play. And I'm actually, when we get to, when we get to free agent targets, I'm actually going to name a perfect running back who I think will be available. Like even well after the draft, closer to the season that, that I think will be a good option for them. Well, you're in luck. We're at free agents right now. You want to start, you want to rip it off the cuff? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's going to be my boy, RB1, only 26 years old. That's Damian Harris. He has had a solid amount of injury uh, problems. They've been kind of eating into all of his years as a Patriot. But he, when he is healthy, has shown that he's a tough, tough motherfucker to take down. And I think that's the perfect guy that you want to pair. He's not exactly going to be amazing one yard out even though he is very 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 effective 
but he's a guy that I think is going to be a perfect pairing and he's still very young with a Javante Williams and he also does not have a ton of tread on those tires so I, I think you're going to get him on the very 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 low to get a call I think that would probably um supplant the Latavius Murray I feel like they're kind of redundant skill sets where like you go mm-hmm. either one or the other in that role but I don't well, hate Latavius it. is like 34 35 yeah, exactly yeah crazy uh, and I, I love me some Latavius Murray yeah but who else do, what are the free agent targets you think this team's gonna be looking at uh I really like Isaiah Wynn he was having a full falling out, it seemed, with the Patriots even before he got hurt. But he still has some pretty, pretty high level tape, and you know he's only twenty six, twenty seven. He was a first rounder, right? Yeah, he, he a ton of talent. Why not bring him in? I'm pretty sure his natural position is right tackle too. You really need to replace Turner on that right side. And then lastly, I would say I really like Arden Key, uh, really underrated uh, edge. On the Jags, he actually replaced Trayvon Walker when Trayvon Walker got hurt. And I'm not going to say it's because Arden Key is better than Trayvon Walker. The former number one overall pick is obviously that's false. But that D-line was more effective at getting at the quarterback and stopping the run when Arden Key replaced Trayvon Walker. So those would be my three. And those would be relatively cheap. I didn't know we would clear up that much cap space, to be honest. So I kind of looked at guys later on. Yeah, Arden Key's a... Interesting guy. He's flashed in San Fran when he was there. He flashed a little bit last year. Uh, curious to see where he ends up and what kind of a deal he gets. I wonder if he can end up getting a multi-year deal. Uh, Nick, give me some guys. Let's go. Um, uh, we mentioned before, we we're talking about the cut of uh, Glasgow um, to save some cap space. I think there's a lot of actually good offensive linemen out there uh, for free agency. There's some elite tackles. They're not going to go after them, or nor do they have the money for that. But I think there's a lot of – I'm just going to give a lot of options here they could go. The one guy who I think uh, is the most likely to maybe sign with them uh, and who's been linked to them a lot is Caleb McGarry, the uh, Falcons guard. I think he's going to be really, really good for the run game that they they uh, just flat out need to establish there if you want to kind of get that offense back to you know moving and have Russ be able to – do the things that he used to be able to do, because like I mentioned at the top, I think that's really what uh, stifled them. Some other guards I think that could be there is uh, the Eagles guard, Isaac Semelu. <laughs> Not really sure if I'm saying that correctly, but he's a guard who's out there. And uh, Nick, Why Dave, do you think they need to replace guards? Their guard play was really good last year. Well, if they're going to cut really good guards, why would you not get a guard? That would I mean, be well, a they... depth piece. They, I mean, they got Dalton Reisner more potentially. I think Dalton Reisner, uh, if he walked, they would need to get guard. Yeah, for um, sure. potentially a center. But they have Quinn Miners on one of those guard spots. So, I mean, some. I mean, I think this whole offensive line, you can't be afraid to add pieces. Yeah, uh, that, that's the one, true. I mean, the one thing you said, you mentioned. Keep going though. Keep going. Well, and I, I also was going to. I was just saying, I don't think they're going to be adding top level talent like Caleb McGarry is going to be one of the top guards in this free agency. I mean, that's what I was saying. Caleb McGarry's a right tackle. I'm pretty sure now. He can play. Ta- he has he has inside out versatility. I just oh. for sure. I I would I would like him there right tackle for sure. Nice. What, well, what else, Nick? Either, either way, I'm just giving you ideas here. I also think that he might be a little costly, but he could come back. Like we talked about center, Connor McGovern uh, could be back for the Broncos, maybe in a role to play center. Like we said, there's so much versatility you could move around. My whole thing is I just think they need to get more offensive linemen and almost make it like kind of a competition-based thing in some aspects of it. You know, guys are like, you know, not always guaranteed to be there. And 
when you had the worst offensive line giving up sacks last year. I think you just need to bolster as much as you can. Um, and then kind of uh, see these guys, I don't really know how much money they command. Like we talked about maybe if they did get rid of KJ Hamley, you don't really save as much money, but like, I mean, I kind of like Byron Pringle. He's out there for cheap. Give him like a more of a speed guy. Uh, and McCole Hardman is also a free agent, but I think he commands maybe too much money for that. Yeah, Miko, I agree. I, I, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. Can I bring up the Paris Campbell one? Sure. Cause you just brought him up. I totally forgot. I, I wanted to pair, but I didn't want to spoil it. When I said I wanted to cut KJ Hamler, Byron Pringle's a great one, by the way, Nikki. You're right about me, Cole. He'd probably, he'd probably demand too much, but I would love if they got Paris Campbell. Obviously had a very long stint with injuries this first few years, but he showed last year that he could play when healthy and he could still be a burner. And I really liked him replacing that KJ Hamler role and it would probably get him probably get him around two mil a year, right? Maybe less. All all good names. Uh, I just throw some guys that weren't mentioned. Uh, I mentioned running back. I think Kareem Hunt would be a good fit. I think you need a guy who has proven he can take a workload, especially with uh, Javante coming off that that ACL LCL. So I think Kareem Hunt with his pass catching ability too would fit really well. Uh, we mentioned offensive line. I think Nick Gates he can play guard or center. I think that could be a good addition. And then in the tackle front, the the right tackle market. If you don't get uh, one of the top tier guys, you're kind of fucked. So I think maybe someone like George Fan or Storm Nor- uh, Storm Norton from the Chargers, who was just coached under uh, Lombardi, those guys probably get him on the cheap one year deal just to get a, get a body in the room because you. I really you need like to, both of those tackle you, opportunities. You need, and then uh, on the defensive end, uh, defense side of the ball, I guess rather uh, Zach Allen from the Cardinals. Vance Joseph just coached him for a few years. I think if Draymond Jones uh, walks, that's a good guy to replace him. He can play that same position inside outside versatility, and then. On the back end, I like Byron Murphy, another guy. I think they need another corner to really solidify that room. He can play inside out and another link to uh, Vance Joseph the last few years. So just a few names there who I wouldn't be surprised if they target. Hey, I like boy. that. Honestly, I, I came into this podcast and this episode thinking that this team was, for lack of better words, fucked. And Honestly, getting to about 45 mil on the low end after cuts and talking about a few of these guys that we're not even talking about high end guys, some solid, some solid names in the back end of this free agency class. After that, I don't hate this team. If, if, like I said, if, if, if this coaching staff could completely 180 Russ. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is a defense that was 12th in the league and in a lot of statistics, they were top 10. This team has a lot. This team has a lot of talent. I like we said we beat like a dead horse out of it, but I think the leadership was really the issue. And I think mm-hmm. Sean Payton, like I, it's a double down. So it's like you still have faith in Russell Wilson. Let's see if he, like, who's better to get it out of him than Sean. So God, do we um, double down, dude? Who doesn't? Oh, uh, for sure. You want to get right into drafting now? Yeah, we got to get into it. So uh, this is a little bit of a weird one. Sauce and I touched on it last week, so we'll probably just do rounds three to five. Uh, their current draft capital, they got 68 from the Colts. They got 69, 108, 140, 194 from Pittsburgh, and then 247 from Minnesota as it stands now. I think obviously those can change a little bit and move around. Yeah. So some day two picks to work with. Uh, we touched on some needs, I guess, already, but what are we thinking, fellas? We're thinking, I think, both sides of the ball in the trenches. It seems like we agree. Yes. We need preferably a tackle. I just think trench. I think I just think trenches. You can 
considering that in these late rounds you can get some solid value out of linebackers you could grab yeah i think a linebacker is big too i think maybe an athletic linebacker with some coverage versatility would be uh big for this defense as well and then also we mentioned wide receiver help they can can't be afraid to go get another skill position and then some running backs too yeah let's do it what do you I, think, Nick? You think youth, think youth you running back? To, I think you have to take a dart throw on a running back, maybe in like the fourth or the fifth. Yeah, this running back class is so deep too. You can get value anywhere. But sure. that, with that primer being said, let's uh, start it up, Dino. Cool. Damn, I hate when it's that fast. I mean, we better be fast. We got to go down sixty something picks. Yeah, true. Heard. Okay. This is a neat little mock thing you guys got. Here we go. So now we're now we are here at sixty seven. Um, I mean, what are we looking at here? We're gonna look at. Let's go right to the tackles. Let's not. Let's uh, stop fucking around. I'm, I'm assuming all of them are gonna be gone for the most part. Yeah, kind of got, kind of got washed. I kind of love Connor Galvin here. I think that's a steal. I, th- I don't think he will be here either. Out of Baylor, he was. He was an absolute stud coming out, and he showed that he could be a top five tackle going into last year. I know last year was dis- was disappointing, but th- this this guy's got it all. I mean, he's got the tangibles for sure. Uh, let's look at interior guys. See if we can get some better value because I think I think he, he, we could probably wait on him. Um, more he makes a lot of sense. I feel like, but even so, I feel like, I feel like off the line we can wait. We kind of missed the run here. Yeah, let's look, uh, at, let's, let's look at a linebacker. Uh, eh, what about a cornerback? Uh, I wouldn't hate it. Jack Campbell still being here is fucking crazy, bro. I mean, there's a few. Yeah, there's a few really good guys. I, th- I think Jack Campbell's got to be. We one also of these got back to back, by the way. I, I know we got. Back, I think Jack Campbell's got to be one of these picks. That's. Just, I think that's such a Bronco guy. I think we may have taken him in the. Uh, the mock last week, but actually, let me just double check to see if we do that. You keep looking through some other guys. Uh, I like that. Oh my god, I love D Winters and Advanced Joseph defense too. That'd be fun. Honestly, I agree with you. I think Jack Campbell would be the pick. Uh, we we did take Jack Campbell last night, so let's try to change it up for the uh, for the viewers at home. Let's look at some uh, edge. Do... You well, want to look at edge? Uh, D line rather D line. Man, why are there so many guys here? Yeah. This is really hard. Um I go to D, D tackle. Is it separated on this for some reason? No? No, that's just Did I just I thought I saw the um maybe he was uh taken towards the end. Oh yeah, hit oh he's listed at edge out of DK out of Barre. I kinda like him. Adeboire, he can play inside, outside a little bit. He played edge for Northwestern. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I like Derek Cole as as he has potential to be an end in a 3-4 end edge. Uh, I would really like him. I feel like he could be versatile and he could find his place in, with, you know, with Van, Vance Joseph obviously helping him out. There's a lot of there's a lot of solid picks right here. I I like that too. I'm down I'm down to do uh I'm not going to try the name. I, I like Adabari a little bit more just because he can fill that Draymond Jones, uh, that Draymond Jones position if he leaves. He's that he's kind of a stockier, like 290, cool uh, inside rusher. Let's go with him with one of those picks. Adabari, Adabari. Um, then I think I think we go. Uh, 
Let's look at the we secondary. Can't, we can't take Jack. We, we can, but we just took him. I feel like, oh, Dean, let's take your boy. I mean, I want to obviously. Let's, let's take your boy. Hey, we're, gonna Tra- take, we're gonna take Travius uh, Hodges Tomlinson here. They say he's gonna. They say he's gonna blow up the combine this he is week. He's gonna I, blow up the combine. He's a he's a he's a fucking freak. I heard on a podcast they said like a forty three inch vert. Uh, that's wild. he's a little smaller, obviously. So I but, love it, dude. He plays so tough, and actually. I think he's actually a perfect fit for this team. I think he's actually perfect. That's actually crazy. We haven't talked about it because say say you get Mathis to to play that second outside and and Darby, you know, obviously they cut Darby to save the eight nine mil. I really like it, them trying really hard to convert him to nickel. Dude, the guy's tough. He wouldn't let any slot off the line. Yeah, ever. no, he, he and, he's I mean, fast, he, and he's fast and he's fast and twitched up enough to you know not be you know get his ankles broke. Um, what are we looking at here? I think we gotta look at uh offensive line. Let's see if your tackle's still there. We could take him, Connor Galvin. Galvin. That's a, that's him. a great pick, Connor Galvin out of Baylor. I'm pretty sure he was five star out of high school. Old third third day, uh, pick too. He's a developmental guy. You can just get yeah. get a body in there. Uh, I think we gotta look at running back here. I like that. So like this, uh, this is the value of this league. This fifth fifth round. We're looking at running back so far. We have taken uh, Adeboare, the edge out of Northwestern. Out of Northwestern. I'm sorry, I thought you said something. Uh, we took we took Travius Hodgins out of TCU, the corner. We love that fit for this Vance Joseph defense. And then what did we take last? Connor Galvin. So Connor Galvin, some tackle help out of Baylor. Guys, guy, I like that guy a lot. That, I think that pick is uh, honestly a great pick. I, again, I don't think he's going to be there. So now we're looking at running back. Deuce Vaughn is nice value here, but I, I don't like that fit for, for what we want them to do here. I, I mean, I have a guy. I think Eric Gray would be a steal here in the fifth. Uh, I think he's going to end up going a lot earlier. He runs super hard, and he has, some pass, he has some pass catching ability too. Cool. Let's Eric go Eric Gray. Gray. So we ended, we addressed the line, we addressed the linebacking core, we addressed the second no, we didn't address the linebacking core, did we? No, we didn't get a linebacker. No, we didn't get a linebacker. We we went edge, cornerback, tackle, running back. Um it. or not even edge. Edge is kind of a just miss miss fucking label. He's more gonna be in inside. But um so Adabari, they gave us an A grade for that pick. <laughs> Travis Thomas Hodges Tomlinson, they gave us a C minus, which hey, fuck it. He's a He's a nickel. He's pretty Nickel's sure we, he's not the main bell cow. Last yeah. time, last time I checked, last time I checked, a C minus is passing. Connor Galvin got a big fat F. Good job, Dean. Dean wanted to take him with sixty-seven, uh, and then Eric Gray. <laughs> got, Eric Gray, you gotta won. love your boys. You gotta love your dogs. M- M- Eric M- Gray getting a D with one forty-one is kind of bananas. But yeah. what do you? You gonna really pay attention to fucking PFFs? I was gonna say shocker. I don't respect PFF. So it's, it's brutal. Whatever we got C plus total yeah. in the uh, draft, so C plus overall. But honestly, C's get C's get degrees, bro. C's. I was just gonna say that, but shout honestly, out Middle C's, America. C's get degrees. Shout out Middle America. Shout out WVU. I know Nick, you were coming loud. Yeah, dude. No C's there, pal. You came loud at, at WVU. <laughs> Good for you, bro. You don't get a tassel with C's, my guy. Uh. So uh, I think we I think we did right by them. I think that uh, if we put our GM hats and uh, say Patton were to give us the keys uh, to the building, I think this would be a Super Bowl winner next year, boys. We might get our own office like Russ had. Yeah, 
Imagine Did you guys actually hear though? Like he told guys in the locker room, like, yeah, like if you guys need anything, just come to my office. Like doors always open. Like, <laughs> like he's not like he's not their teammate. Like you he's like a, like, like 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 I'm Russell Wilson, and you guys are just like here with me. That guy's such a prick. I hate that kind of person. I hate that. Oh my god, that would rub me the that would rub me the fucking wrong. Did you guys also see? I don't know who the lineman was. It was like later in the year. He threw a horrible pick, and the lineman just screamed at him because he was doing his clap bullshit. Yeah, it was like a, it was it was like a D lineman. He was it, running. It in. was some big boy, and then at the end, yeah. the, he opens a press conference with. He goes, "I loved it." <laughs> He's such a fucking corny loser. Oh god. Well, we may not like Russell Wilson on this pod, but I think the Broncos they could be a bounce back candidate with under Sean Payton this next year. Uh, you guys have anything else to add before we uh, hit the road? No, I got to eat. Get us out. I was just gonna say. Uh good episode i never thought i would look this much into the broncos but for all intensive purposes i i still think they're not like gonna make the playoffs <laughs> okay good, good, good call nick um but so i don't we're not running the team yeah so i don't really have one of these fancy little exit things that sauce has written oh, down it's called but... an outro it's called yeah, an outro yeah. thanks nick but uh that's gonna do it here for us today podcast uh, counseling. uh rate <laughs> Subscribe, review, like, all subscribe, that. unsubscribe, resubscribe, Nick, Nick, comment. The, Nick, shut the fuck up. That's how you promote, <laughs> how you promote a pod. Sabotaging? Did he come on here just to sabotage? I'm promoting the pod. I, rate, subscribe, review. Uh, let us know what you think. Like button. Nick, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's going to do it. Tucking right, them up. Out, peace. Peace, fellas. Love. <laughs>